All right, this morning we move forward with this series that we're doing that is about the fruit of the Spirit and how the fruit of the Spirit takes shape in our lives. And, and we've looked at that over the weeks, and it comes from that passage in Galatians that Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit, right? From Galatians 5, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And we've been going through those things one by one, and today we're up to the fruit of kindness and what kindness looks like. In June 15, 2015, there was an act at the Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. A group was meeting there for a Bible study, and Dylan Roof, someone who had come into that Bible study a few times just to check it out, walked in on that particular day with a gun and killed nine people who were gathered there. Now, it's not the first time that there have been examples of racial violence that had taken place, but, but on this particular occasion, something different happened in the response. Because in the days that followed, as, as there was an arraignment hearing for Dylan Roof, the families of those victims from that church came to that arraignment hearing. And when they showed up at that arraignment hearing, they issued statements They were statements of forgiveness, for mercy, that they were expressing statements of love even in their time of loss. And it was remarkable to see that happen. You see, in other examples where racial violence has occurred, perhaps we're used to seeing some of the responses that we've we've come to know too well. Protests that take place, and within those protests, eventually there becomes destruction of property, and there becomes looting, and things just seem to get worse instead of better. But in this particular example, it went a little differently. These people in that community did not respond with destruction or violence or looting. They did not have vengeance or retribution on their mind. They responded with mercy and love and forgiveness. And it caught people's attention there in South Carolina. It caught their attention so much that five days later, on June 20, 2015, the South Carolina legislature met and voted to remove the Confederate battle flag from the court state house grounds out front something that had never been done before to this point. They were moved by the stories that they heard of the way that certain symbols in society make them feel. And so they responded as well, an act of compassion, an act that looks towards the feelings and the well-being of someone else. It sets into motion then this domino effect of mercy, compassion, forgiveness that keeps going. I wonder what passage it was that those people gathered for that Bible study in Emmanuel AME Church were studying that night in June. Part of me wonders if it might have been a passage like this one that we're going to look at today. From Luke 6. So I'm going to read from Luke 6, beginning at verse 27. The words of Jesus. Here's what he says But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, 
Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Kindness. That's what we're up to today, talking about the spiritual fruit of kindness. And, and I want to take a moment and define for us what kindness is, because here's what I bet. I bet if I go around the room and I ask everyone, define it, tell me what kindness means, I bet you I would get plenty of different answers back, not all of them the same. So we need to be clear what we're talking about here. Let me begin by telling what kindness, at least in the biblical sense here, what kindness is not. Kindness is not the same thing as being nice. If that's your definition, if that's what comes to mind. Oh yeah, kind, you know, kind means you're nice to people. That's not what the Bible talks about as kindness. It's not the same as being nice. You know what being nice is, being pleasant and cordial and agreeable. Now, I'm not going to say those are bad things, but that's not what kindness in the Bible is about. Don't toss that one away, though, okay? So before you go too far and say, oh, so that means I have permission to be rude and mean if I don't have to be nice, come back in a few weeks when we talk about gentleness, and we'll, uh, we'll address that at that time. But kindness is something different. So what does the Bible mean by kindness? Where does that come from? In the Old Testament, there's a word, a Hebrew word, chesed, which in certain English translations of the Bible is is translated into English as loving kindness. It's an attribute that's given to God, that God is a God of chesed, loving kindness. And those passages in the Old Testament where the chesed of God is spoken about often include other attributes as well. Other attributes that tell us what this kindness actually is. How it shows up, what it looks like. So I'm going to give us two English words that express what kindness is. All right, The first one is mercy. 
that kindness shows up as mercy. Mercy, we would define as the act of showing love by not giving someone the consequences that they deserve. That's what mercy is. It's not giving someone what they deserve. Now, it's an act of love, right? So don't think of it in every circumstance that way. If, if I hire an employee and agree to pay them certain wages and they come on payday expecting their pay and I withhold that, I'm not going to give them what they deserve, that's not mercy, that's just cheating, right? It's an act of love. So it applies to consequences. If out in the parking lot today, someone were to back into my car and put a big dent in the side of it on the way out. And they were to do that, let's just say, completely carelessly, looking at their phone, not paying attention, distracted. I would have the right to file a claim and receive payment for that, right? Repair that damage that's been done. There's consequences for that action. But if I say, you know what? I'll take care of that. Don't worry about it. I can handle it. I'll take care of it. You don't have to have the consequences that you deserve to have. I'm going to let that go. That's mercy. You see how that works? That whenever we stand in the face of consequences that are due to us for something that we have done wrong, but we don't receive those consequences, or it's a lesser consequence. That is an act of mercy. We know what mercy is because we are people who have received mercy, right? That God is a God of mercy. So we are the ones who have first received mercy from God. That we are people who are born sinners. That we, every week, even in this week, As you come into this place, think about the lives that you've come from. And there's a list of things that didn't go the way they should have. Every single one of us has that. Every single one of us comes before God and says, you know what? I can't live by that perfect standard. I have messed up something in this past week. And I need God's mercy mercy, so that we don't get the consequences that our sin deserves for us to get. So that's part of kindness, that kindness is about being merciful, showing mercy. Now, there's another word I want to add to that too, compassion. Now, maybe you think of these words interchangeably. Compassion, mercy, that's the same thing, right? But, but notice the difference. They're similar, but they're opposite sides of the same coin. Because if mercy is not giving someone the consequences that they deserve, then compassion is showing love by giving someone the blessings that they do not deserve. So instead of withholding something they should get, consequences, I give them something they shouldn't get blessings that they haven't earned, haven't deserved. That's compassion. Compassion shows up when we give blessings that are not earned, they're not deserved, that they have no right to come and demand. 
we, uh, we run a food pantry out of this building, and so every Monday when that food pantry opens up, there, there may be people from the community who come here who need something to eat because for whatever reason, they don't have the means to find that food for themselves and get that. They can't offer us anything for it, and we don't demand anything for it. There's no payment. They don't have to sign anything or work something back or repay. They don't have to do anything for us in order to earn that favor. People are hungry in this community. They simply come here, and we give food. That's compassion. Compassion. When we give blessings, even though people have done nothing at all to earn it or deserve it. And we know about this too because this is what God does to us as well, right? That we follow a compassionate God, a God who has given to each one of us the perfect righteousness of Christ. But we have done nothing to earn it. Catch that? God does not owe you anything. Nothing. But he gives you the greatest gift that he could give, even though we don't deserve it. That's compassion. Mercy and compassion, they show up that way. Compassion is this thing that that shows up in various ways. And in the New Testament, there's a couple different Greek words that sort of play together for compassion. One is the word splanknon, and, and that's sort of the inner feeling of compassion, right? That, that, that's maybe more characterized by the feeling of pity or something like that. But then there's this other Greek word in the New Testament for compassion, charistasos, and that's the outward expression, the showing of compassion. Charistatos comes from the same Greek root word as the Greek word charis, charis and charistatos, and they, charis is the Greek New Testament word for grace. That compassion and grace come from the same Greek word, follow the same meaning. And that makes sense in some way because think this one out. We, we in church talk about grace all the time, right? We, we sing about grace in the songs that we start our worship with. That grace is one of those things that is foundational to our theology and what we believe, that, that we are saved by grace we say. Grace is the giving of compassion. Or or think of it this way. One is the noun and the other is the verb. One is the thing itself and the other is the act of giving the thing, right? One is grace. The other is the act of giving grace. And that act of giving grace is compassion. That's compassion when it shows up that way. Receiving the blessings that we do not deserve, that we did not earn, that did not come to us that way. All right, so, so those are some definitions. Now let's go on and let's talk a little bit about how that works in the spiritual fruit of kindness, right? How that comes together is something that defines this fruit that we bear, and what it looks like. In this passage today from Luke 6, Jesus gives four actions in particular, right? As we began reading that, there are four things that Jesus said to do. 
Right? Here's what kindness looks like. These four particular actions, and, and it's not a comprehensive list by any means. These are just examples, okay? But he, he names this, and you can see it right there in the passage. Do these four things. Love, do good, bless, pray, but wait. Who do these go to? That's where this becomes particular because it's about loving enemies, Do good to those who hate. Bless those who curse. Pray for those who mistreat. This is different. Uh, This is a different kind of mercy and compassion then. Right? This, This is then what separates true mercy and compassion from being nice. Think about that, right? Because if I love and do good and pray and bless those who love me and do good to me and bless me and pray for me, that's not mercy and compassion. That's just being nice, right? And Jesus calls that out in this passage, doesn't he? What credit is that to you? You're just being a nice person. There's nothing particularly significant about that. But, Jesus says, when you do these things for people who cannot pay that back, right? when you bless someone who has no ability to bless you in return, that's compassion. When you show forgiveness to someone who's done something horrible and unforgiving to you. That's mercy. When you love enemies, when you do good to those who hate, when you bless those who curse, when you pray for those who mistreat, now you're seeing the example of kindness as a fruit of the Spirit. What it means for kindness to show up. Jesus gives some particulars about this. He, he gives examples, right? Let's see what this actually looks like in some way. So the examples that he gives about that, in verse 29, he says, if someone hits you, let them hit you again. And in verse 29, he also says, if someone takes your coat, give them your shirt as well. Right? Let it keep going that way. Let someone hit you again? Let someone take and steal even more from you? That doesn't sound right, but Jesus is exaggerating this to make a point, making a point about how mercy and compassion work. And I think it illustrates for us something that that maybe we keep in mind as we think about how that kindness takes shape and becomes part of the spiritual fruit that we bear. All right, let's think about that. Here's, Here's some of the things that we find about what kindness means then. And considering some of those examples that Jesus gives, what kindness means. First of all, kindness means that I allow myself to be vulnerable. Think about that, right? Think about those examples. If someone hits you, let them hit you again. Make yourself vulnerable. Someone takes something from you, let them take even more. Expose yourself. Make yourself vulnerable. Now, now let me explain a little bit of what I mean by that, right? Of what kindness means, of an intentional step towards vulnerability. 
Back in 2020, when pandemic first began and, and we shut everything down here, we, we transformed our entire lobby of this church into a food pantry. Because there was, in the immediate months of that, there was such a need for food as people were being laid off from jobs left and right. So we ran food pantry right out of the front door here. It was a drive through deal. And we would try to keep track of that as it would go. And we had pallets of food just kind of sitting around here, rotating through here every week. We had people out there, the volunteers with the clipboards, and tried to track and take names because there were certain people who were coming back on a weekly basis. They needed food every week. And it wasn't just food that we provided. Some of the other needs we provided as well, one of those things being diapers for young parents. So people could come, and besides food, if they needed diapers or baby supplies, we had that as well, would do that. Somewhere along the way, one of our volunteers who noticed that there was a a woman who was here every week and always requested diapers along with that, one of our volunteers noted that name and did just one little step more of research and found that this woman was selling diapers on Facebook Marketplace. The diapers she was picking up from us and who knows where else. See, here's the thing. When you show acts of compassion and mercy, you open yourself up to being vulnerable, and sometimes there are people who take advantage of that. There are. Because we live in a broken world. It happens. But what's the alternative? What's the alternative? I'm not going to let anyone take advantage of me, and the way that no one takes advantage of me is I never show mercy or compassion. Then no one takes advantage of me. I think Jesus is telling us something here, right? Someone hits you, let them hit you again. Someone takes something from you, let them take again. Compassion and mercy, kindness, means at some level that we open ourselves up to being a little bit vulnerable. We can't help it that there are people in our world who may take advantage of that. But Jesus tells us, That's not the reason to cut off all expressions of mercy, compassion. So kindness means that at some level, I have to accept and be okay with that. I have to know that there may be times when the compassion and the mercy that I offer may be taken advantage of. And that's part of what living in this broken world looks like and means. Here's another one that kindness means that I allow myself to lose on purpose. If you're you're a parent and you have kids or when your kids were young and you ever play games with your kids and just sort of throw the game to let them win on purpose, you know what that looks like, what that means? I'm not particularly athletic in any way or very good at board games, so often when my kids would win, it's a legit win, right? They actually beat me. But sometimes you know what that looks like, right? That, yeah, I'm going to let my kid win this game just for the joy that it brings on their face. I'm going to lose on purpose so that they can win. And that's for someone that we love and care about. Jesus takes that to that next level. What about those people that are enemies? That everything inside of me is just wrenching and saying, I need to win. I can't let that person win. But kindness, compassion, 
mercy asks the question, what if for someone else to win, I have to lose? Let's think about it this way. What did Jesus gain by going to the cross for himself? I mean, I know what we gain from the cross, right? We came out as the winners on that one. We got eternal life. What did Jesus himself gain from going to the cross? What did he get? Nothing. The cross was for Jesus. By all earthly measurements, the cross was losing. That's a loss. That's an execution. Your life is over. You're done. And Jesus himself didn't gain anything from that. He had everything to lose, nothing to gain. But Jesus lost on purpose so that we could win. He gave everything from himself so we could benefit. That's kindness, mercy, compassion. It shows up that way. In fact, remember how the Apostle Paul puts that when he writes about it in Romans 5. He says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies of God, because that's what sinners are, enemies of God, he died for us. That example of mercy and compassion that comes to us. And Jesus plants that seed within us, right? That, that seed of the fruit of his Holy Spirit, given and planted within us so that we may bear that same fruit as well, to be people of compassion, people of mercy, people that show kindness. We do that because we are people who have first received the greatest possible compassion and mercy from our God who is eternally loving and kind to us. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word and the gift of your word. Thank you for the ways that you show that you are the God of compassion and mercy. Thank you for the ways that we see that expressed to us. And Lord, we pray that as we consider what it looks like for us to bear that spiritual fruit, may we always be mindful that we are the ones who have first received that from you. And Lord, may that then give us the strength that we need to follow you in the same way. So Lord, make us more compassionate. Make us more merciful. Lord, bend our hearts and our spirits to follow you and follow your example. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.